Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a psychotherapist and author based in West Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to our podcast, which I call It's Not About the Sex, also the title of my recent book. Here we focus on all topics related to compulsive sexual behavior, often referred to as sex addiction. In particular, we explore ways to build long-term sustainable recovery while establishing more meaningful connection and greater intimacy. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints, brand new perspectives, and practical user-friendly tools toward living a more deeply connected life. Let's get started. Today my guest is Tara Holbrook, who is an experienced speaker who focuses on trauma, codependency, addictions, and the effects of early childhood toxic stress. She founded Sea Glass Intensives and Consulting, where she works with individuals and couples in three-day intensives as well as offering workshops. Tara also facilitates first responder workshops as well. For many years, the, she facilitated the professionals program at the Bridge to Recovery and has worked as clinical director in various treatment centers throughout the country. Tara is a licensed clinical social worker and has been working in the mental health field since 1993. She has spoken at numerous conferences, been featured on NPR and the TV show Intervention, written for Counselor Magazine, and has been featured on local TV and radio. On a personal note, I want to share that I worked with Tara up at the Bridge to Recovery here in Santa Barbara. And not only is Tara an incredibly talented clinician, but she's a very intuitive, warm, and genuine person who brings very special talents to her work with everybody who she touches. Welcome, Tara. I'm so glad you could join us today. And Today, you, you are going to be talking about a really significant topic that we haven't talked about on our podcast here before, and I'm really excited to do that. The, the topic is this, using polyvagal theory and internal family systems work for healing intimacy wounds. And that's a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts. So we're going to get right into it and talk about what all of that really means. So I'm wondering if you can start off and, and summarize what polyvagal theory really means to you. I will. Thank you for having me, Andrew. It's so good to spend time with you today. Of course. So polyvagal theory is really the idea um, that our autonomic nervous system um, is always searching for cues of safety and danger and life threat. And it's searching for those cues in our body, in the world around us, and in our connections. And this is way below the realm of consciousness. And really, the idea of polyvagal theory is how do we use our surroundings, our body, our connections to help us self-regulate and reach for safety in our lives? And so, you know, there's all the idea of the vagus nerve and how there's a ventral vagal um, pathway and a dorsal vagal pathway, and then the sympathetic nervous system takes over. And there, you know, all these integral parts. But really, um, if we're trying to break it down, the ventral vagus um, pathway is the pathway that creates safety and connection for us. 
And if it were a ladder, which always it goes down the ladder into fight, flight, freeze, mobilize, getting ready for that danger or threat. That's like going down the ladder. If we if we move out of that safe connected, we move into this this place that's waiting for action. And then below that is an immobilized, the dorsal vagal is really an immobilized state. And so for what we're talking about today, it's just the idea that our body is always responding to cues for safety or danger or life threat, and that our system just moves up and down this ladder from ventral vagal to sympathetic to dorsal vagal, then back up to the fight or flight, and then back to connection. And we do this many times a day. We go up and down this ladder many times a day, and we, we don't even notice. Hmm. We don't even notice. But if we become connected to this system, we can use this system to help us in our relationships, in our intimacy, moving out of fight or flight and truly moving from this immobilized state that often we find ourselves and really pulling towards this, this safe, connected place, which is that ventral vagal pathway that will help us re reach for connection, intimacy, and really self-regulation. Hmm. And so this, the polyvagal theory gives us more insight into how we can get in touch with our bodies and how we can reach for connection for well-being. For well-being, that that's mm -hmm. so significant. And I, I, I really want to also mention that polyvagal theory is relatively new in terms of the theories that are out there around the nervous right. system and psychology. And right. can you say something about how that seem to have evolved because I think it's important for our listeners to understand how cutting edge this really is. Right. So Stephen Porges really um, founded this work in 1984 as he kind of ran into it by accident and really began to look at how this, um, how the autonomic nervous system ties into our response. And over the years, he's, he's talked about it. I remember quite a few years ago going to the, a trauma conference and him talking about it, and it just really hadn't caught on. I think I think it was catching on, but I think as we've really moved into understanding trauma, and trauma um, connected not with these big T events or these acute trauma incidences, but really understanding childhood trauma and developmental tra trauma, um, and looking at trauma over a lifetime. If we can go back to that co-regulation between our mother and ourselves or, or our primary caregiver mm -hmm. and look at the patterns that was set in our autonomic nervous system from the very beginning, we can begin to understand how we connect, how our bodies have been programmed over, over a lifetime of cues and clues mm -hmm. for safety, what we're reaching out to and what feels normal for us. And if we've been traumatized, what, how is the, how is the system activated in ways um, that feel like it's set in this sympathetic um, nervous pathway where we're mobilized for action rather than for connection mm. or even in an immobilized state where we really feel um, hopeless or numb when we get down there, we don't have any energy. And oftentimes we're stuck in those places from emotional pain, from mental pain, from lack of connection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, using the, the awareness of all this 
as it's come to light with trauma, I think is how it's really evolved, especially in the last few years as it's really come to the forefront. Right. So what I'm hearing is that, that from your perspective, polyvagal theory is primarily about safety and connection in the sense of uh, how do we have relationships and intimacy that really are working best for us and, and, and how well, how it contributes to our well-being, but that there's something about understanding. I love what you said, the cues and the clues to how that really works inside of each of us. And so mm -hmm. the awareness is, is so key, right? Absolutely. The awareness is, is, is key and beginning to understand how can I use this realm of unconsciousness uh, to, to understand where I'm at, how I get caught up in this fight flight, whether it's historical or whether it's survival, feels like survival now. And how do I reach for connection to pull me into a safer place? How do I reach for social connection? How do I pull myself out of, of this, this state? Or especially if I've been in the shutdown mode, how do I mm. use then this, the, the adrenaline to move me to, to action and then back up to this connected state and mm -hmm. beginning to be aware I have, I have the ability to change some of these, um, these automated states that are in my nervous system. I can work with them mm -hmm. and change the way I feel and the way I react mm -hmm. and, and survive in many ways. Sure. Sure. So what really fascinates me about your work is that you really pair polyvagal theory and internal family systems, sometimes called parts work. And mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if you can share a little bit more about internal family systems work and how that seems to pair up with polyvagal theory. Okay, I'd be glad to do that. So internal family systems work, um, obviously, I think most people know, is um, is the idea that we all are made of many parts and that these parts formed probably in times of stress um, many years ago and that these parts have developed and oftentimes um, become how we react, how we behave rather than acting out of our true self that kind of is pushed to the backstage because all these parts um, are, are big. You know, there's their idea of these parts are, um, we have managers that that actually form almost like a personality ones inside of us, and and those parts take over. Those parts take over in a way that mask who we truly are at, at our core self, because the system is threatened. And so the idea of these managers coming out and running the show are because the idea of the pain, the pools of pain that are underneath are really exiles. Mm. And the protectors come out so that the exiles will stay down in the basement, if you will, won't come out and flood the whole system. And so protectors come out, whether that's, you know, controlling parts of us or anger parts of us or have to do everything right parts of us or not enough parts. They play roles to keep those exiles at bay so that the, that the system isn't flooded with pain. Mm -hmm. And when those managers don't work well enough, oftentimes it's called a firefighter will come in and flood the system to reset 
so that the managers can begin to do their job because if those exiles get out and the pain is up, oftentimes the, the firefighters will come in and that would be something like addiction, binging, um, uh, rageful anger, mm -hmm. those kinds of things that really do reset the whole system. Mm -hmm. And so in, in my work as I'm working with people in, in, in parts work, you know, um, so much is that our parts take us again out of connection. They're protectors. So they protect us from not only the pain, but oftentimes they protect us from vulnerability. Mm -hmm. They protect us from connection because that feels unsafe. That, that feels um, perhaps like a threat. And so, you know, in working with these parts, we don't try to get rid of these parts. These parts have done so such amazing um, help and work for us in ways at times when we couldn't, we couldn't, we needed protection. And these parts are now overworked and have taken over. And so, so the idea of parts work is going inside, actually talking to these parts, making, making connections with these parts and understanding how they were formed and how, how they feel and how we feel about them and learning to appreciate their role, but also being very aware that they're overworked. Mm -hmm. They never want to say that they're overworked, mm -hmm. but but we have so much compassion for them and curiosity and understanding and and we can go in there and partner with them to say you know i don't i don't want you to go i just want to prove to you that my true self can show up and you can take a break and then when i need you or those times when i need extra help you're right there with me and we're working together mm. and so again it's 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 using these parts as 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 a system of awareness inside of us not fighting against it but becoming aware of a whole system that lives inside of us to again move into our best self which is safe connected with social engagement and and love intimacy and so what i do with with polyvagal theory and and, and ifs work parts work is that i begin to to help um, somebody begin to understand how their system works in very different ways. Mm -hmm. One from a system that was formed from the pain and the other that is really um, an, an autonomic nervous system response. And we begin to kind of overlay what it feels like to be in true self in that ventral vagal state with this connectedness and the safety. And what happens when we get in that sympathetic state of fight, flight, immobilization and what parts come out at that time? And then how do we, how do the, the flooding, which really the dorsal vagus shutdown really is often those firefighter parts mm -hmm. that immobilize us and, and help us feel or, or cause us to feel hopeless. Mm. And then moving up the system to really make, make peace with those um, controlling parts or those um, managing parts. Mm -hmm. so that we can move back into that ventral vagal state of safety and connectedness, which really is our true self. Mm. Sure. It sounds so respectful because what I hear you saying, and I've heard this before, is that all parts are welcome. All parts are welcome. Right. Yes. And, and, and yet we want them to work together, not, not somehow 
against one another, but but mm-hmm. how can they really work for us rather than against us? And mm-hmm. and I hear that it really is an artful approach to it. Really is, yeah. And you know, when 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 you are able to connect with these parts, they are brilliant mm-hmm. in ways that they've protected and helped and what they've done and what they're what they're um purpose is and the ways that they've protected us i mean it, it, it's so it's loving mm-hmm. and kind but when you ask a part you know how old do you think that person is they think they're young and mm-hmm. that they've had to really come in and protect and it, that's one of the most fascinating parts is to listen to a part be able to to respond and in what age they think you are mm-hmm. as you're doing that work mm-hmm. And, um, and, but, but that compassion for those parts, and it's not to me in the work I do, it's not really a developed compassion. It is just a pure compassion. Mm -hmm. When you start talking to that part and joining with that part, it's a, it's a beautiful process. Mm -hmm. I know it's different, but it has a flavor of inner child work. It has a big yes. It has it has a flavor of inner child work, and you know sometimes I I um I, I do inner child work because I think um, that that ties in as you say as well, and and whether that inner child work is is a part or whether that inner child work is is the exiles whatever that might be in whatever construct. You mm-hmm. know I don't tell people people tell me what the construct is, mm-hmm. but it really does fit within that system, and it also um. You know, if we lay attachment on this as well, mm-hmm. you know, and I won't go into that today, but but laying attachment work, you know, has a beautiful role in in this work as well, and really understanding those safe attachments, you know, the the anxious attachment, the avoidant attachment, and and these roles, even in that, if we if we take a look or or kind of lay them on this autonomic nervous system, mm-hmm. um, in the way that it that it moves. I mean, they all fit beautifully together. For sure. Mm -hmm. So Tara, you you use the term intimacy wounds, and I'm wondering if you can tell us more about what that means. You know, I think intimacy wounds are when we really want to be connected to another person, a sense of belonging, but something has happened in our past, in our lives, there is continuing to happen that those those intimate relationships hurt. They're painful. And so we reach out for intimacy and for whatever reason, whether we can't or our partner can't, um, we end up hurting each other in the, in the quest for connection. And then that makes us pull back and feel like we're in threat. It makes us pull back and not trust. It makes us desire for more and feel almost more lonely because perhaps this person is right here, but we don't know how to break through the pain, the the mistrust, the hurt, the damage that's been done. And so intimacy wounds to me are are that tragic part of I so badly want to connect with you, but but it just feels like pain and I don't know what to do. Yeah. So this is really sacred work, in other it's words. It's very sacred work. It's very sacred work, yeah. And and I know we're talking about models of, of working with clients and and 
um, theoretical models, but I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about how these particular models are different from talk therapy, including things like cognitive behavioral therapy. What's mm -hmm. different? You know, when we're using talk therapy, we're recognizing patterns. We see the pattern, we see how it affects us. We try and search in our brains for uh, a way to change it. And we're using our mind to do that. Um, but I often tell my clients who come in and say, but I've already worked on this. And I'll say, how did you work on it? And they'll say, well, I've been in therapy for a long time and we've talked all about this. And my, my famous quote is, um, recognition is not healing. Mm. And to me, going in and understanding the way the body responds and works and the way that our subconscious is formed around these different parts really is much more experiential when we can when we can get in touch with our body and feel you know last night I was in a group and we sat across from each other and we looked in each other's eyes and 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 had you know a very angry kind of face and we listened to what happened in in the in the body and what that felt like and then just kind of a flat affect mm -hmm. and then this really warm kind of smile and you pay attention to what's happening in your body there's something that that shifts in your mind about knowing what's happening in your body not just saying it but knowing what's happening and when you get these parts in in you that that live within you and you start having conversations with them there's a shift in the way that our body feels to us we're connected to it and in the in those ways this is healing work Mm -hmm. So just thinking about it mm -hmm. and trying to think about, okay, what did my therapist say here? And what am I supposed to say differently? And what am I supposed to do? It's mm -hmm. a definite feeling in the body that feels different that lends to that healing. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I can do experiential work, anytime I can get the body moving, anytime I can be, bring awareness to consciousness about how I'm organized in my body th over through my trauma response, and helping clients do that, you know, I'm that to me feels much more effective, um, much more deep and sacred and healing than just talking about it. Mm -hmm. So, just out of curiosity, Tara, was that something that you learned in grad school, or did you happen to integrate the body and somatic work at some particular point in your career? <laughs> you know, I hear I, I hear these concepts and then it just starts making sense to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never heard anybody talk about this as far as, of course, I've heard, you know, um, internal family systems and polyvagal, but I've not everybody heard anybody talk about this together, but it just makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. So when I'm teaching, when I'm in a group, when I'm with clients, it's, it's just the idea of, of course, and they're, you know, if I, if I put attachment on top of this they just all work together hmm. you know and so it just makes sense to me so you know it's nothing that i've really learned it's something i put together on my own that just makes sense and it makes sense to my clients and so i use it um, because it's impactful in the mm -hmm. ways that they see themselves and change and feeling inside and movement inside away from um trauma responses and into 
connection. Mm -hmm. So along those lines, what are the longer term goals? Or what are the longer term healing uh, directions that that you see with with clients working within these therapies? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the goals really are that with my parts, I make peace with them, that I become my true self begins to 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 be the trusted leader of my internal family mm. that I can regulate um, in every aspect of my life, no matter what life brings, that I can stay connected to myself, that I can move to this ventral vagal pathway for safety, even even when my body's telling me I'm under threat, even when my firefighters want to come out and just um, desecrate the whole system, just mm-hmm. reset the whole system, mm-hmm. that I can hang on, that I can pull in my managers and we can have a conference and that my true self will will shine through my my the self that I was made to be. And that I can stay in a, a state of calmness connectedness no matter what happens and when we can do that our trauma history is still a memory it still can you know give us those cues that we're not safe but we can manage through those cues we can regulate through those cues to really find a place of safety find a place of 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 connected to myself connected to a spiritual place mm-hmm. and a sense that everything's okay, even in the midst of everything not being okay. Mm. And as I've learned and been have watched myself do that more and more and more, it's like, this is a secret to life. Like this is, you know, we think, oh, I want to get through, you know, I want to heal from this trauma. I want to be done with it. And I'm thinking done with it just means that I have this memory and that I can appreciate and make meaning for it. But that my regulation that I can regulate through through whatever life's going to bring because I have no control over any of that. Mm. But if I can work with my body and be able to to bring myself to safety, then I'm I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Right, that touchstone of safety is is the gold standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you have to find a therapist who does this particular kind of therapy to use this framework? You know, I. IFS work, um, I think it's really great to find an IFS therapist because, you know, recognizing your parts, understanding, knowing how to talk to them, understanding when they're activated, um, you know, the unburdening of those exiles is a real is real sacred work as well. You know, I think you can begin to to figure out what are my parts? What 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 are my managers? You know, who who are these managers? I think you can do some initial work. You know, I think with the polyvagal theory, I think you can really go in and, and study that. There's polyvagal exercises um, on YouTube. Um, so you can really begin to understand your own system. If you if you have a desire to understand that, you know, I think it's nice to, to, to understand and work with a therapist so that there's a person to co-regulate with you mm-hmm. to help you understand and see. I think that's a really beautiful part of 
of um, therapy is this co-regulation. That's a, it's a big part of polyvagal theory. Mm. So I think for, for, especially with polyvagal, having that co-regulation and these positive relationships help you understand what it feels like to be safe and connected. But I think there's a lot of work that you can do on your own to understand when you're in fight or flight or even in the shutdown. Um, with IFS, I think it's probably a little different. Again, I think that you can begin the initial work in understanding what some of your parts are by the ones that obviously are very manifested. But to really understand them, I think it takes a, a therapist to help help understand how your that inner family is organized and and to begin to really understand how do I join with them and and have compassion and love and have a place for all of us as all parts are welcome ongoing. Mm -hmm. And I just want to share that the particular blend of, of theories and, and clinical expertise that you bring to your clients is exceptional. That to bring polyvagal theory, internal family systems, inner child work, um, attachment theory, and with a spiritual base is is mm -hmm. is truly exceptional. So when someone who's listening to this podcast is, is looking for professional support, if you could find a clone of Tara Holbrook, you're, you're doing pretty well. But 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 if you can find as much of that as possible, that that also would be helpful. Mm, thank you, Andrew. Oh, of course, of course. So w what do you personally, what do you love most about doing this work? You know, I have the opportunity to step in such sacred places um, that often people, most people, most people never even get to, to step into. And I feel so honored to be able to do that. And that's what I love about this work. It's, it's an honor. You know, I love it because I get to help people, but it's such an honor to step in those sacred places. And I'm never, I'm always in awe that I get to do this work. And that's what I love about it is that I have this opportunity to be, to do that. And, um, and really it's, it's my heart. It's my love. It really is. You know, we, we've used the word sacred a few times and I, I, because I know you, Tara, I have a very good sense of what that means to you. But I'm wondering if we can just break that down a little bit in terms of, of what your experience is in the room with your clients who are brave enough to do this kind of work. What, what does sacred mean to you? You know, I think from my own experience of trauma, that is connected to my spirituality. And that may not be true for, for everybody, but that, that's true for me. And when I think about the trauma that I went through and the way that it shaped me and the way that, um, that the pain was so great, but the understanding of healing and, and getting to that part and then being able to um, work with others who who feel that pain or feel stuck it's it's a very um 
it's a very honoring process to mm-hmm. be in somebody's deep pain that feels shameful and painful and I don't want anybody to see it and what does it say about me? And when somebody allows you to see those parts that feel so horrible and shameful and they trust you that much that you're going to hold the space for them to say, can you see how awful this is or how how horrified I am about this? And, and you can hold that for them. I don't know what else sacred is besides that moment of knowing that somebody trusts you with that much pain and heartache and heartbrokenness and and that you can hold that space for them and and love them like join with them and and love them no matter what no matter how shameful painful no matter what what happened um and sometimes you know it, it it's 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 brought on by their by actions of themselves sometimes most of the time it's other people's actions but it doesn't matter because you you go past judgment and you just understand you just understand and in their process it always makes sense and that's when you know you're in the sacred is because you can make sense out of whatever mm-hmm. has happened mm-hmm. and you love them for hanging in there and wanting to to be to heal mm-hmm. to make a better life for themselves mm-hmm. and i'll just share where i am at this moment my my heart is very very warm at this moment and mm-hmm. my body is a little tingly because i have seen you work and been a recipient of your work and mm-hmm. and so i know the 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 sacredness mm-hmm. of of what you bring and and i you know i'm just so grateful on so many levels and i have one last question i would like to share with you so if there were any takeaways that you would like our listening audience to to really make portable what what would be most important about today's podcast that you would hope could be uh, taken with them wherever they go. So the takeaway um, from the work that I do, from the things I've talked about and really from my heart is that people are so busy trying to find the answers outside of themselves. So they reach for things that numb, they reach for their devices, they reach for um, a substance that will numb, they reach for TV to to binge, they reach for anything to take them outside of themselves. And sometimes that's even therapy to if I can just talk about it, if I can just process it. And those are that's that's great. But what I really want them to know is that the answers lie within themselves. And that if they can begin to understand that entering into the pain, the place where they think the pain is, which is inside, is not as scary as they think once they're there, but that that's where the answers lie. And that's the difficult part is if I go inward, it's gonna spill out all over. But the truth is if I go inward, I'm going to heal. And so most of the time we can't do that on our own, although we can go inward to breathe and meditate and begin to learn to settle that, settle ourselves down. But 
It's finding some trusted other, a therapist, that will take us into ourselves and really begin to help us heal by using our own strength, our own family's system that's inside of us, our own autonomic nervous system, our own understanding of how attachment has influenced the way that we love, the way that we reach each other, the way that we bond with each other. And that all of that lies within us, not, not without, not on the outside. I still have a very warm heart. I want you to know, Tara, and still tingling a little bit over here. <laughs> and I, I just want to say, and I don't use this word lightly, no. it, it was truly a joy to share the time with you this morning and to get to know a little bit more about what you're currently working on with your clients. I've, I've had a good sense of it through the years, but this is super mm -hmm. exciting stuff. And I want our listeners to know that this is really exceptional yeah. cutting edge work that uh, puts together a, a beautiful hybrid of um, not only clinical understanding and theories, et cetera, but, but application to, to really helping folks uh, find their true selves and the, the core of, of, of their essence. And um, I, I think what, what you do, Tara, is, is fantastic. I've always thought that, but it's getting even more fantastic all the time. Thank you. And, um, and um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll be crossing paths again, hopefully sometime soon. And absolutely. absolutely. So thank you again so much hopefully. for being here today. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having me, Andrew. It's been all a right. pleasure. I, was, I always love spending time with you. Uh -huh. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. It was so terrific sharing the time with my super talented, intuitive colleague and friend, Tara Holbrook, and discussing these really significant topics that affect those affected by compulsive sexual behavior. Tara can be reached through her website at taraholbrook.com. I'll spell that for you, T-E-R-R-A. H-O-L-B-R-O-O-K.com. And be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes, or please share our podcast on Spotify. And if there are any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future, or you have some guests that you would like to hear from, please let us know. I look forward to you joining us on future podcasts, and thanks again for being with us today. <laughs>